This is Vixen John, creator of Minute Made New York, and you're listening to Minutes Heard. On today's episode of Minutes Heard, we're talking music. Everybody has a connection to music in some way, whether it's one of their favorite songs to get them through a rough time, or a tune that gets them in the right headspace to feel free. These following artists that I've had the honor of profiling create music not just for their audience, but for the opportunity to express themselves the way that they are. Sit back and take a listen. But um, yeah, just in the sense of like um, what we were talking about, just motivations just now. Yeah. You know, um, you know, we were talking. Just basically repeat, basically like how people haven't found that motivation. Yeah. And, and you know, yeah. kind of currently what you're doing with the mm-hmm. music and your nine yeah. to five and how you're yeah. Doing. yeah just basically what we're just Man, talking about. what I find is that, and I'm glad I, f- I found it early. But a lot of folks don't have that passion, that thing that makes them wake up in the morning. You know, they, they get up, they go to nine to fives, they complain about it, they go back to sleep and they repeat the same pattern as opposed to either, you know, finding that thing or having that thing. I've had friends that have gone to school with and they're so miserable in their jobs, but they don't have any hobbies outside of that. You know, and this is the one thing, man, like I, I lose so much sleep doing it because, you know, I, I currently work, you know, at the MTA at night. When I get home during the day, it's it's music, music, music. You know, and again, sleep gets sacrificed. But this is the thing that I'm passionate about. You know, it, it, it's very rare that you find that thing that you can pursue, that you love. Because you can always get a job. Anybody can get a job. I can work at McDonald's. I can get a temp job. I can. You can always get that. But it's very rare that you get an opportunity to pursue something you're passionate about. And that's why right now, I'm at the point where I'm like, you know what? I'm going to take that leap of faith. Because that leap of faith gets rewarded by the universe tenfold. You know, it, it's it's very hard because, you know, you get that 9-5 and it's secure. You know you have that check coming in every two weeks. But the universe rewards that leap of faith. And when you take that leap of faith, the return is so big. And so that's why, you know, I said, you know, the next couple months, I'm going to let go of that 9-5, that man, and, and just... Because it doesn't feel like work. When I'm playing music or doing these different things, interviews or creating, or, it doesn't feel like work. It, it's fun, you know. Of course, we'll be compensated for that fun, but it does, it does, you know it doesn't feel like work, you know. Right, definitely. Now, I mean, I know with the um, latest album now, like this is your second album, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, um, if you want to talk briefly just about like the latest album, like the I guess the inspiration behind okay, the title yeah, and all definitely, that. definitely. Yeah, just just you know, some yeah. answers, but like. So uh, the title is called "In the Pursuit of Magic," and I'm always in the pursuit of magic. Now, magic could be whatever you want. It could be success. It could be that the ideal mate. It could be that perfect marriage. It could be that lifestyle that you're trying to pursue. That's what the pursuit of magic is. And that's the journey that I've been on for so long. So this is like an accumulation of all those things. So there's going to be songs about, you know, love on me. There's going to be songs about the social climate we have right now. Because I'm in the pursuit of having black communities be be in a a more secure environment. Because right now it's not secure. I mean, you have, you know, police officers that are only treating our boys like that. They're not treating our girls like that. You know, as as if they are subhuman. You know, so I'm in pursuit of that. So there's a song on there that's based on that. So that that's what the inspiration came from. It came from a lot of my life experiences, and that's one thing I realized, especially with indie art. You need to have time to to live and experience life, and then you can create. You know, and, you know, on a more commercial level, of course, there are either songwriters or there's, hey, write a song about this topic. But as an indie artist, where you're more grassroots and in touch with the music, you have to live a little and then create. And so that's what's been happening. Because this project has been in the making for maybe, I want to say, two years. 
you know, but it's just all my experiences that, 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 that have come together to make this project. This is my most personal one so far. Right. Yeah, yeah and um, when it comes to, like, I guess... Like, you know, we've been performing and, you know, yeah. especially we've got the band mm -hmm. together right now. So, I mean, out of all those performances, like, what is the most for you, I guess, what's like the changing point in the sense of like, all right, this is more than just, you know, me making music. Now it's like an experience in the yes. sense of like, this is where my life is going. Oh, so it's funny you said the experience. That's actually the name of my band, The Experience. Right. <laughs> and the reason why uh, we called it that is because... um you know, when you're in the studio, you create these things, and you're like, yeah, this sounds good, and then you want to try it out, and how people feel, but that immediate contact with the, I love that, that's why I love the stage, because you get direct contact with the people, and you have that experience where that give and take, you can tell what they're feeling, what they're not, and the energy that you give them, they give right back to you, you know, so that that's always, for me, you know, the most fulfilling part, and I'm like, you know what, I, I can do this for free, or getting paid. Because that, that, that feeling, you, you can't recreate it. And that feeling, is like, it's like a high that you chase. You're always chasing that high. Because I love interacting with people. I love um, finding out their stories. Because their stories now become stories that I can tell. You know, because they're not alone. You know, they got stories that several people can relate to. You know, and, and so that's why I'm, I'm always looking for that. That interaction, that experience, you know. Right. Definitely. And I feel it's important because, like... Once again, once again, as you said, like everyone's not alone in these right. experiences. Yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? There's always going to be, even as unique as the experience may be, somebody else is going mm -hmm. to be. You know what I'm saying? And you're mm -hmm. never going to know until like you probably express it through your music right. or something like that, so that someone can relate to that. Right, right. Like yeah. I, I, mean, I, have a, I have a song called um, Stupid Me, which was on VH1 Souls in rotation for a few months. Um, and it's about a, a guy who has a girlfriend and he cheats on her with her close friend. You know, and... Again, it's an exaggeration of a, a real situation, but it, it it's something that happens. Now, in my music, what I like to do is I like to um, not be preachy, but I like to, to just give my perspective on how I think things should be done through the story. So it's like learning through living, right? So like in this particular story, he cheats on this girl and he regrets it. He's, you know, he's beating himself up. He's like, oh, I'm so stupid. Why would I, you know, do do something like this? You know, like, oh, I think it was... Um, why did I get married? The eighty twenty rule, right. you know. So he 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 left something that was secure and, and messed around with this girl and, and found that she, she wasn't even worth the time, you know. So that's the type of stories I like to express. What motivates you to wake up every day and just get going, and get grinding? Bills. <laughs> What's your motive? Yeah. <laughs> uh, what motivates me to wake up in the morning and, and, and grind is. I mean, what's required, you know, what's required of me is like, do I have bills? Do I need food? Is my train ticket expired? Something like that. Or, I mean, sometimes it's just if I want to, if I just really need to like make some music, because I don't have a regular gig every day. So sometimes I just need to be out there and like, you know, playing just to express. But a lot of the time it's bills and shit. So. <laughs> Honestly, it's. it's, it's is uh, required. Um, okay, so based on based on what you've seen here, um, what is your perspective in here? Oh, you can't hear? No, in here. Yeah, basis. Well, just based on what you see in yeah. here, and just as you go out throughout the day, what just what is your perspective on the world in front of you? Good, bad, hopeful, hopeless. Why? Why not? Um, my perspective of the world, based off of 
I guess what I see is, well, I mean, recently it's been really enlightening because of everything that's going on racially. And like, I'm one of those people who, on social media, I don't really, I don't really say a lot of stuff. I just listen and watch. But I have opinions. But one thing that I definitely notice is like, it's like wow, this it's like actually not a joke. Some of this stuff, like, and I mean more specifically that people, like that you have people who think that the Black Panthers were a terrorist group, like that really think that, or that people that really think, you know. Or don't think that Bill Cosby did it, or you know whatever. It's like people legitly feel a real way about certain situations. They really feel, you know, like it's it's really crazy. Like just seeing where where the world's minds are at. Because I guess when you grow up in a certain um, when you grow up in a certain environment, like I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and it's it's. The east side of the city is majority black. The white, the white side is the west side, and like I'm from the east side, obviously. And people over there, you know, we all think a certain way, but it's all like the same. So I never thought that the world was really any different from my neighborhood, minus the fact that the white people, you know, they just got more money. But I thought they probably saw shit the same way I did. But they, nah, it's, <laughs> no, it's kind of crazy. Like I'm not saying it's, it's not all bad. It's just it's really eye opening, like that people really do think on completely different poles and it's like and that's just kind of what makes the world run makes sense alright when it comes to the music like when did you get started how long ago how did you get to play the trombone I mean is that your passion or what oh music uh, I started playing trombone when I was nine which was uh, third grade so I've been playing for 14 years and um I went to uh, perform at art school, like uh, elementary, all the way through high school, really. And um, I mean, that's how I pretty much started. And when I was in seventh grade, I got introduced to playing jazz. And from there, I basically fell in love with it. And like, I came to New York to pursue uh, playing jazz trombone. I went to college for it at the New School for Jazz Contemporary Music. But um, yeah, and now that New York has helped shape me into something different than that. It's a lot more hip-hop influenced and a lot more soul influenced than just jazz. And um, what made you decide to like play, like considering that New York City Underground is like very popular in the sense of like artists and performers, like what made you decide to like make that shift, make that decision to to kind of make this your (laughs) stage so to speak? Um, What made me make this, what made me make the decision to, to play underground was I mean, really, it was it was a need for money. Like, niggas is broke out here, like, and I've been broke. But when I when I came to school as a freshman in New York, I was uh, me and one of my friends would just kind of come out. I mean, me and some a lot of my friends actually we started doing like jazz quartet stuff in the park. That's pretty much how every like musician who who comes out here for school starts. It's like you kind of do quartet in the park, playing some jazz, and then it was like, oh man, this is dope. You can kind of make some money, even though you're not getting called for gigs. And I'm not the kind of person to work a regular job. Like I just don't have, to, I don't have like the the patience for it. But um, did that, and then eventually me and my roommate started going and doing duo with just trombone and drums. And then the summer after freshman year. He he went home for the summer. I didn't go home, and I was like, I need to figure out a way to make money and like to make money really. And it was like, I bought a little uh, effect pedal and a little looper, 
And I was just like, man, I'm going to make it work. So it started as something that was just like, I need this or I'm going to, like, you know, go broke out here. But eventually it started shaping my plan and my sound so much that it just kind of became a part of who I am. Like, I feel like if I got rich or if I got super famous, I was still playing the trains just because, like, it helped me think and it helped me create, like, new ideas. And one last question. Um, name your most memorable moment performing on the ground. Like, crazy, good, bad. Okay. Just most memorable as far as you can remember. There's actually two. And they're both bad. <laughs> I mean, there's more than two. There's, like, some is good. Like, I, I mean, say... You don't mind sharing. I mean, of course. No, it was hilarious. But, all right. So, a quick one, just so people don't know everything is all bad. One super... One dope thing that happened was... One time, me and uh, my vocalist friend, Tajnia Zap, was playing at uh, Delancey Essex Street on the F-Line. And, like, it was hilarious because, like, a party got off the train, right? But it was a... I forgot what that's called. It's like a, a, a headphone party, basically. Like, the people... was it's a crowd of people partying, but they all got on Bluetooth headphones, and they just kind of, like, balling out together. And, everybody, and you just kind of look at them like they're crazy because you can't hear the music. And they just, like, going hard. But they just walked up to us. And the dude with a mic, I guess it was the MC, and he was just like, yo, play a solo, play a solo. I didn't even have the music. And I just started playing a solo on the thing. They got me on camera. It was super dope. So that was great. But a bad situation, man. Oh, man. All right. So the reason one is stupid. Like, I guess the side thing to say is you can, you can very easily get, when you're an artist, okay. This is something that people should know if you ever consider playing in the train. Sorry to stick it so long. You're an artist, and everybody is human, and everybody is affected by art. Like, it's really messed up the way people treat homeless people overall. You know, just the way we kind of ignore them and walk past them and look. You know, you, you kind of subconsciously look down on them, right? But at the end of the day, we all know that they're human, too. So like you will get to a, you will get to a point if you make an art on a train. Sometimes a homeless person or a crazy person or whoever they will walk up to you because they really might feel enamored by your music, or they just might you know might really just be that crazy where they just want to mess with you. But it's like that happens. So like I've had a very crazy homeless situation before. That was ridiculous. But the story that's messed up. I just wanted to get that out there. <laughs> Disclaimer. <laughs> yeah, it's just that's just important to know. Though. It's like. If you ever decided to come down here, it's like, please know that people will people will bother you. People, But people, it'll be in a good way. Like, people come up and say, like, man, I'm so touched like by what you did. That really made my day. And it's like, word. But now you're, like, just kind of standing here or you're messing up my crowd because you're yelling and spinning around and doing whatever crazy people do. And it's like, but just understand it's out of love and a lot of times. But this situation was I was playing at West 4th Street and... There was this guy. I don't know who this dude was. Like, he was just... I don't even think he was homeless. He was just crazy. But he was... um, He came up while I was playing a song and started dancing, right? And it was just like, okay, whatever. People do that. Like, people feel the music and they dance, and that's cool. Right? So I'm like, all right, whatever. I keep playing my songs. He keep dancing. People was kind of, like, into it. You know, I was still making money anyways. And then it basically got to the point where he came up to me after, like, you know, after a few songs or whatever. And he's like, yeah, so, uh, 
it was like, yeah, so, you know, you're going to let me get my cut, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm like, sir, I'm like, this ain't, we ain't a group, sir. <laughs> like, we're not a group. You're, you can dance in front of me all you want, but that don't mean you're a part of this. You know what I'm saying? And the dude, he, just, he got, like, super pissed. He's like a white dude, too. And that's what kind of made it funnier to me. But it was like, so this, and he sounded like he smoked a lot of cigarettes. But, um, so, yeah, so he, he get pissed, right? Storms away from me. And then I started playing another song. And then he comes back in front of me while I'm playing. He just walks up, and he, like, kind of, like, he kind of gets in my face, but it's just, like, mad pissed. And he, like, you are scum. You are scum. Oh, my God. And then he turns around to the people, and he, like, everybody, I've been working hard out here dancing, and this guy doesn't want to pay me. And it's like kind of while I'm in the middle of the song, and it's like a crowd right there. And I'm like, so I grabbed the mic. I'm like, sir, I told you we are not a group, and we never were a group <laughs> on the mic. And people was like, they actually didn't do anything. And was, he's just it's like, ugh, and then he stormed off again. Because basically where I was playing was on the back of stairs, so you can kind of circle around it. And he just kind of kept circling around it. So then he threw like a Cheeto at me or something. I don't know where the fuck he got that from. And then he circled around one more time. And this time, he grabbed my basket and, like, threw it over on some, like, the way it looked was like he was trying to kind of trying to kind of steal it. But, it. but he wasn't. He just threw it over. He was mad. So at that point, I stopped. And I put the horn down. And I walked up to him. I'm like, yo, man, what the fuck is you doing? Blah, blah, blah. He just, like, he, he was scared. So he's like, don't you touch me. Don't you touch me. And I'm like, I'm like, dude, why was you touching my bag? Blah, blah, blah. And he's like, because you were supposed to, I, I did all that work, you were supposed to do that. I'm like, dude, I told you, we ain't a group, man. We're not a group. And like, and the dude, and, and then it was just like, it was like I heard his feelings or something. He was just like, well, it's like, but you know, it's like, yeah, I just really like what you were doing. And then maybe, you know, I was hoping we could do it someday, you know, another day. Like, maybe actually team up someday. And I'm like, I'm like, man, whatever, man. Just like, I don't know, hit me up, but ask first. Like, no. <laughs> It was, like, ridiculous. I didn't end up throwing them, like, a couple of dollars just, like, on GP. I'm like, I'm a nice person. I'm, not, I'm never mean about it. Money is money at the end of the day. But, like, Jesus Christ. Should I take you more? Yes. Okay, so first question, really quick. So what motivates you to wake up every day and make the best of it? Um... I just, I am always concerned with just being myself. I think it's important just to be authentic. And um, I'm happy to be alive. I'm happy to do what I do for a living and have the loved ones I have around me and my children and have a good, positive future. So um, I see the day every day. Now, I know this might seem redundant, but um, just... Talk about what you do, who you are. I mean, obviously, you've been in the game for a long time. Mm, yeah. But, um, just put it in a brief sentence. Um, Singer-songwriter. Uh, first CD came out in uh, 1992. Um, thankfully, I've been working since then. Haven't had to get a side job. Knock on wood. <laughs> and um, new record coming February 17th, which is my birthday. And it's called The Rise of the Phoenix. And, and it feels like that in my life, that things are still rising and still... Um, someone said, am I reinventing myself? And I said, no, it's more of a perfecting 
I think of learning and understanding of who I am. Um, you know, we'll just keep growing up. Everybody thinks, you know, you're a grown up and then you're there and that's not it to me. I'm still, still growing up, still learning about myself and um, happy to be a student of, of life. Um, I guess considering that you've been in the music industry for such a long time, mm -hmm. like for me, like what has been some of the most, I guess, significant changes that you've noticed? Yeah. Mm, the internet <laughs> changed a lot. It used to be, you know, someone sends you send, um, like fan mail, and it was like, oh my god, this could break from Japan, oh my god. And I remember looking at it from Africa just different places around the world and I was so surprised and amazed and excited about reaching across the world and now literally every second you know everything I post goes all across the world and for that kind of power and interaction to be just present on a day-to-day -day basis musically it's it's not even musically, actually, it, it, in the promotion of everything. People are in a whole nother mindset. I wasn't one, I'm not good at talking about myself, you know, and going, yes, and I am coming out, and I am this, and I am that. I'd rather just sing, you know. I always mess up the commercials whenever I'm supposed to do the commercials during the show. I'm like, ah, I forgot. Uh. So I'm better, at least, at saying, I have a new record coming, but things like that, I forget. But, um... You know, I think some of that is just from my parents always saying, you know, you don't be the one that toots your horn. You let somebody else praise you. Um, humble yourself before men and they will, and God will uplift you before them. And I think that is part of just my DNA. Um, so I don't know. I don't know. I, I, I'm, I'm still just, yeah, I'm just learning, learning more and more about me. <laughs> well, no, I mean, yeah. That's a lot of We're all kind of learning a lot about ourselves every day. And yeah. I don't think a lot of people take the opportunity to learn about themselves. Yeah. Think, I'm me. I know everything about me. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't? Like? Mm -hmm. No, <laughs> I've, I've kept a journal thing. since I was 12 years old. And however, the last five years I have been written um, in one. I, I just haven't, I haven't wanted to look. Isn't that funny? Right. I wanted to just be in it. I didn't want to look back on writing something or whatever, and I probably would get back into it. But nevertheless, I enjoyed writing down all the things that have happened to me through the years and then going back and reading them and just learning about myself because really there's patterns that we don't even recognize. And, you know, that's how I figured out that it's always been about from boys to men to whatever. It's like I focus way too much on finding love. I, it is just it is it was overwhelming when I realized it, um, and it was a, a really wonderful epiphany for me because I think learning where your strengths are and your weaknesses um, they make us better they make me wiser they make me more purposeful. Makes sense. You know, I too also had a dream back in the day, and um, I used to write it. I started in college, but I was running mm -hmm. in it, and then like not too long ago, I looked back and I was like, oh my gosh, this is, these were my worries That back was then. me. <laughs> like, yeah, right, if I could only. <laughs> this was my worry. Like, oh my God, crazy test. Like, yeah. I'm now like much older. My <laughs> worries are much older. But nonetheless, I agree with totally what you're saying. Mm -hmm. um, okay, next question. Um, 
just thinking back, and not even like, just to say, name your most memorable moment in your whole music career is pretty vast. <laughs> so I'll just say within the past, I guess, 10 years or so, like what has been one of the most memorable moments that you think of? Hmm. Career-wise or just period? Um, mixture of both and anything. Hmm. That is a vast question, so. Hmm. I I I can't think of any one moment in my career in the last ten years. I feel like that moment is coming very soon. That that one you're talking about. I feel like that's coming. There have been many though. Um, uh, most of them, not all of them, but most of them happened my first CD when it came out in 92 just seeing my dreams come true just becoming the artist for real like for a job I mean because you know I mean I worked in the main company portrait studio I sold shoes I sold clothes you know I've been answering the phones you know for people so I you know I had other jobs that were you know not necessarily nowhere but they weren't what my passion was at all um, so to be on Showtime with the Apollo and to you know, have a number one record when, you know, and having my music come on the radio and hearing my own voice and going, oh my God, that's me. Um, you know, selling out at places that, you know, I only dreamed about being. Um, so those kind of things have, have um, f been fulfillment of my dreams. Um, working with different producers and writers and, um, you know, George Duke was amazing. Um, the late George Duke and I, I really have uh, I learned so much from him and uh, there's just I, you know and I still know that there's more which is what's great there's always another plateau and um, and I look forward to that and that I'm really happy that I have that excitement still you know I still get nervous right before the show I still get jitters and I'm afraid, uh, you know, it just, it all happens the same, uh, almost the same every time. And, uh, you know, the other night we was, I was really, really nervous about my voice not working because I was not at 100% at all. And uh, so I was really, really nervous. So I'm like, okay, whatever's going to come out is going to come out. I love being in D.C. But I, I, didn't, was, I was afraid I was going to disappoint the people, you know, if my voice couldn't do what I wanted to do. So... You know, I strive to get better and better, and I was literally really nervous, and I was like, oh, no, it's going to be horrible tonight, but it turned out okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm just yeah. No, <laughs> it was, great. It was good. <laughs> I was happy I mean, with everyone it. was, everyone loved it, so that's, I think that's the most important. I mean, for you, you're going to be your own critic, so. I am, and it yeah. turned out okay. You know, yeah. I, I, I'm, I know when I'm good, and I know when I'm <laughs> like, woo, you were close, but no cigar. <laughs> mm -mm. Of course. Yeah, no. So, I was glad that they were happy in the end, and I was okay with it. Because sometimes, if, you know, if you're disappointed, then people, they can do whatever they want, but you'll be like, mm-mm, I sucked. <laughs> so, I, it, was, it turned out well, so I was happy. Okay, so one last question. Um, so, I mean, as I said, you've been doing music for a long time, and you're still reinventing yourself, you're still, you know, going. Mm -hmm. um, 
Now, I, I mean, I personally know a lot of artists myself that are kind of like still kind of new to this and stuff like that. So instead of asking the ridiculous question like, what advice would you give to a young artist, blah, 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 because I feel like, I mean, it's kind of like the same type of thing. You know? I think the question that I would really want to ask is like, how should an artist stay motivated to like keep going? So, I mean, you know, as I said, like, you know the music industry, you know how, you know, easy or not so easy it is to kind of go through something. So, like, how does an artist, a young artist that was probably in your shoes back in my too, like, how do they stay motivated, seeing that everything's different and changed? Like, you know, how, how would you kind of, like, advise that? Well, you know, I think that with modern technology, and it sounds like an old word to say modern technology, but being that there's YouTube and there's so many um, outlets at your fingertips now, a new artist, you have the power, you have a lot of power. Where before, you'd have to find somebody who knew somebody who would give somebody a tape that maybe they might listen to maybe one day in the year or not. Now, you can get on YouTube and be on TV on someone's visual aid every single day. That's your power. The people have followers more, and I've got more. They have more followers than I have, and I've been in this industry for twenty years. But if you're if you're into the self promotion, I would say then self promote because I think it's they pay attention to how many followers you have. Sometimes they won't even sign you nowadays if you don't have a certain amount of um, of followers on your on your social media. But if you need someone to motivate you, you should quit. Because this is not the business for the faint at heart. <laughs> Everything you do has to do with someone saying, I think that's good. And if they say it's not good, you just don't have a job. This is not for the faint of heart. <laughs> I don't um, recommend anybody get in this industry in any way of entertainment. If you can't take, no. If you can't take, you suck. If you can't take, what is wrong with you? And, um, and motivate yourself and be resilient you should just quit now <laughs> this is not an easy job it's not an easy job you know I always say that you know even picking the songs on the record is like murdering children it's it is I swear it is because every song is precious you know if I've written it, it it came from me I birthed it you know and if I'm singing it then you know all of that becomes even more personal and if I love the song then oh my god you know but just cutting the song, just cutting down, we have like 30 songs we recorded this, this for this album. I don't know how I'm gonna go down to 12, 13, 14 songs. I have no idea. It literally is like, well, that's a pretty child. Don't just, no, don't, we can't kill that one. It's like, how do you do that? If you have three kids, if you have 20 kids, you couldn't go, well, you know what? You didn't take the garbage out, son. Bye-bye for you. <laughs> you are the weakest link. Um, so it's really tough. But um, but you got to do what you got to do. You got to be realistic. You have to have good people around you who will tell you the truth. You don't need yes men. Everybody can say yes and you're great. You're great. You're great. You're great. You're great. Well, when you suck, somebody's got to say, you know what? That sucks. Yeah. And if you don't have somebody to say that, you're going to fall on your face and be embarrassed. I'd rather you tell me I suck all by ourselves quietly than me get out there and be like, ooh, mm, no, not so much. So you have to put your ego in your pocket, you know? But a lot of people wear their egos out, you know, and I think that, uh, and we all have one. But I'd rather have mine in my pocket, <laughs> you know, just keep it contained. 
because it's more important to me to be respectful and respected and um, you know I'm not perfect I certainly have you know moments where I'm not patient or not kind but that can't be the norm so I just say stay positive and good things will come back I mean I think for a lot of people it's um, you know a matter of you know earning your ego in a way mm-hmm. but also still being humble you know, it's, it's, it's you earn credibility. Right. You know what I'm saying? That 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 to me is a, a better word. Your ego's going to be there whether you're successful or not. We all want our egos struck. <laughs> if I sold two records or two million records, people are going to be like, oh, but please, please want that. You know, and, and we're going to want some kind of accolade, but respect is earned. And that, you know, what I can take, take from you. They can. I know who I am. I know what I've done. I know what I haven't done. And I'm okay with that, you know. I still strive for more. I still want to be better and still have weaknesses that need to be strengthened. And I'm still moving, still going. Thanks for listening to this episode of Minutes Heard. Make sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcast. And follow or subscribe to Minute Made New York on Facebook, Instagram, and on YouTube. Do you have a minute? 